Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. Back again from another wee holiday. Starting the last section of the school year. Time passes, boys and girls. Passes very quickly. Oh, I know. Day by day in school seems to go very slowly. But in truth, it's not so. When you get to be an old fellow like me, and you look back, it just seems as if the years have gone by very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. Now we're looking at Jonah, the chapter 1. We'll read two verses today. Two verses. Jonah chapter 1, we'll read verse 4 and verse 5. But the Lord set out a great wind onto the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners, that is the seamen, sailors, were afraid and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares, the cargo, that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep in a deep, deep sleep. Those are the two verses we're going to consider. We've spent a little time on the Verse 4, and in fact, I had something in my notes last week that I had intended to say. In fact, it was right there at the beginning of my notes. But I got carried away with something else I was saying and forgot to say this. And I feel I should just go back and say it because it's an important little point. What I want to emphasize is the fact that it says the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, verse 4. The Hebrew word that's translated there by the two English words, sent out, first appears in our Bible in 1 Samuel 18 and the verse 11. Now, Boys and girls, I've mentioned many, many times in the pulpit, and I'm saying it to you afresh, that the first time a word appears in the Bible helps us understand just what that word means. Now, in First Samuel and the chapter 18 and the verse 11, you have the Hebrew word that is translated in. Jonah, verse 4, chapter 1, verse 4, as sent out. It appears here in verse 11, but it's not translated by sent out. I'm tempted to ask you if anybody could maybe tell me in that verse 11 where the same word is to be found. You're going to try it. Which word do you think in verse 11 is the same 
Hebrew word that is translated in Jonah chapter 1 and the verse 4 as sent out. Which word there? Right. Cast. Look at what it says. Verse 11. And Saul cast the javelin. For he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. So, the scene there is in Saul's palace, if we might put it like that. An old Saul, who was a twisted old character, had taken umbrage against David. I'm sure you know the story. And so bitter was he and twisted that he tried to kill David on this occasion. And he took a javelin, spear, and he threw it, hoping to hit David. And the Hebrew word cast is the same word that's employed in Jonah chapter 1 and the verse 4. We could actually read Jonah chapter 1 verse 4 and put in the word cast. So that it would read, but the Lord cast out a great wind. So just as Saul threw the spear at David, so God threw the wind like a spear directed at Jonah to deal with Jonah. To deal with Jonah. Shows you the control that God has over nature. That's what we were emphasizing last week. I know I'm digressing again, but I have a feeling, even as I read verse 4 with you this morning, I have a feeling that what took place there, as recorded in verse 4, is a tempest in a very small area. In other words, it wasn't the whole Mediterranean that was caught up with a great storm. But I think it was a small little storm that focused on the ship that Jonah was in. Now God can do that. God can do that. It would have been something to see had we been there to see it. Very likely, I'm putting this suggestion to you, very likely, the vast area of the Mediterranean Sea was calm. But for this little section where Jonah's boat was, there was a tempest. And as I read it, I thought of another incident that serves to illustrate that God's able to do that. And I'm thinking of New Testament times, Acts chapter 16. And in Acts chapter 16, there was an earthquake. But it was an earthquake that didn't hit a great area. But it was an earthquake that was centered just upon one building where Paul was in jail along with Silas. So God reached down from heaven, boys and girls. And I want you to understand that this is within the powers of God. There's nothing outside the power of God. But God reached down as it were and he just took the prison and he shook it. And the doors all burst open and the chains fell off the prisoners. We ought to reverence God so great is his power. 
So here is God taking a dealing with old Jonah. And he sent the wind to deal with him. The wind stirs up a storm, tosses the ship to deal with Jonah. But I want you to notice a particular doctrine today as we look at this section, and it's this. What does it say about Jonah? Well, the last words of verse 5, it says he was fast asleep. Fast asleep. That word fast means he was in deep sleep. If you tie a knot and make it fast, you're tying it real tight. Real tight. And he was completely under the power of sleep. He heard nothing of the storm. Felt nothing of the storm. He was fast asleep. And the point I want you to notice today is this. That a Christian, a believer... For Jonah was a believer. You know that. You know that Jonah was a follower of the Lord. He was truly a redeemed soul. But he was in disobedience here. And a believer like Jonah may be totally unaware of God's dealings with them. He was fast asleep. And he didn't realize God was taking a dealing with him because of his sin. He was unconscious to it all. Didn't know. Now there's lessons there for us all to learn. The first thing I want you to take note of is that sin tends to numb the heart and the spiritual sense. That's what sin does. That's what sin does. It takes away any sensitivity that we may have regarding right and wrong. So that someone who backslides, someone who comes under the control of sin, doesn't seem to care anymore. They're not troubled by sin. They're not bothered by it. Their conscience isn't pricked. It doesn't feel any pain as they sin. Just like Jonah here. Look look at Jonah. He's run away from the Lord. He's defied the Lord. And the Lord is taking a dealing with him. All around him on the ship, there are sailors terrified and throwing everything they can get their hands on overboard to make the ship lighter and more likely to keep afloat. But Jonah's fast asleep, caring nothing for what's going on. And I tell you again that sin has that impact upon our hearts and upon our conscience. And we lose all sensitivity. Have any of you been to the dentist? How many of you have had an injection when you've been to the dentist? Mmm, some of you have. What happens? 
Now, if you, like me, when you go to the dentist and he takes that big needle and he sticks it into your gum, oh, you feel that all right, oh. But after a while, what it is he has injected into your gum takes away all feeling from your gum. Takes it away to the degree he can take hold of your tooth and wiggle it and pull it out and you don't feel it. He has deadened that sensitivity that is there. You couldn't stand the pain of getting your tooth hauled out if you didn't have an injection. We'd hear you here if you were in Enniskillen shouting if that was the case. Well, I'm illustrating, boys and girls, that's what sin does. Sin takes away all sensitivity. And you do things, you say things, you watch things, and it doesn't trouble you. And that's the way it is with Jonah here. He's not troubled. He's unconscious of the anger of God. Untroubled by the offense that he has caused to God by his running away. It's all out of his sight. His eyes are closed. He doesn't see anything. The Bible tells us that grace, the grace of God, the power of God's redeeming grace, softens our hearts, makes them sensitive, turns them from stone into flesh. But sin does the opposite. Sin turns our hearts to stone so that we don't feel what we have in the past felt. Listen to these verses. This is from Hebrews verse 13 of chapter 3. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you should be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That's what sin does. It hardens you. And that's what happened to Jonah. He was hardened. He just went down and lay down and went to sleep. Hardened, uncaring, unfeeling regarding what was taking place. Here's another verse. Ephesians chapter 4 and the verse 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness and greediness. That's a description of the ungodly. They're past feeling. They're past feeling. Just like your gum, when it gets that injection, after a while, it's past feeling. It doesn't feel anything anymore as a result of what was injected in there by the dentist. And that's how it was with Jonah. His disobedience, his sin, had brought him to a place where he was past feeling. Oh, the sailors were all scared, but he wasn't sleeping. Uncaring. Then notice something else. While others are agitated, the backslider 
is at ease and contented. What a delusion had come over the heart of Jonah. He lay down to sleep because he thought, all's well with me. He had offended God. He had brought forth God's anger against him. But he had no sense of that. He was under the impression, all's well with me. I can lie down now and go to sleep. I'm untroubled. I'm unconcerned. If you're not saved today, you're under a delusion. You're under a false impression. You're living in a state where the truth of your condition before God, you're unaware of the danger you're in. Unaware. If you're not saved, you are in great danger. You've offended God. There's a little verse which so sums up things for us. It's the last verse of John chapter 3. Now we all know John chapter 3 has that great statement, you must be born again. It also has the great statement, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Those are great statements, great truths, but the very last verse of the chapter is also one in which there is a wonderful statement. Listen, and I'll read it out to you. John 3, verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. If you're not saved today, the wrath of God abides upon you. Not an awful thing. You see, Jonah was lying sleeping, and he had no consciousness of the anger of God that was against him. No consciousness of it. Is that how it is with you today? No awareness that your sin has angered God, and that if you do not If you do not seek the mercy of God in Christ, if you do not come to the Lord Jesus and ask him to save you, then that wrath will one day overtake you. Yes. As I said, the backslider here is content and untroubled in his sin. One last thing. Time's gone. Such a state, such a deadness to truth results in even greater folly. Jonah has done wrong, and in doing wrong he has offended God, and there has come upon him this deadness, this unfeeling state. And in his unfeeling state he does even more wrong. He does even more wrong. In the Bible, the leper illustrates how sin works. One of the consequences of leprosy is a loss of feeling. A loss of feeling in your hands and in your feet. And oftentimes the leper dies not of his leprosy, but as a result of injuries 
that have taken place as a result of him not feeling pain. Many a leper has burned himself terribly and not realized Lifted something that was burning hot but didn't feel the pain and as a result of the injury inflicted upon him dies. That's what sin does. It makes you unfeeling toward offending God and you go into sin even to greater depths and you injure yourself even more as a result. You see, here's Jonah. He's in mortal danger. The ship is in danger of sinking. Everybody else on the boat realizes that and they're terrified. But Jonah, he's asleep. He's unaware of this danger. He's like Samson. You remember Samson? He went to sleep. And when he was asleep, Delilah cut off his hair and robbed him of God's power and blessing in his life. And that's how it is here with Jonah. He's asleep and he's being robbed of God's blessing. And he is in great danger. His heart is drugged. And his mind and his soul as well by sin. Only the Holy Spirit can rouse a person out of such a sleep as this. Only the Holy Spirit. I was like that before I was saved. Nothing troubled me. Nothing worried me regarding eternity. Others were dying. I was attending funerals just like everyone else, but I never, never thought it's going to happen to me one day. Where will my soul be? Never thought of it until God awakened me. If you're not saved today, you need that same awakening. You need that same awakening. And if you are saved today and you've grown careless and slipped back, then, like Jonah, you have gone into a sleep and you need the Lord to arouse and to awaken you. That's one of the reasons I picked the hymn. Awake my soul. Awake my soul. Shake off dull sloth. That's what we need to do if we have grown careless and are backsliding to some degree. May the Lord bless his word to your hearts today, boys and girls, one and all, for Jesus' sake. Let's bow in prayer. O God, our Father, take these few simple, feeble words and be pleased to bless them to the hearts of each one that's here and all who may hear them, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.